marketing, explosive growth, and revolutionary secrets that can catapult your business to new heights. You're now listening to the Underground Marketer Podcast with your host, Tudor Dumitrescu. The one podcast devoted to showing new businesses how to market themselves for high growth. Welcome to the Underground Marketer. This is the place where we deliver the real truth about marketing and explore big ideas that can help new businesses thrive and grow into big ones. I'm your host, Tudor, and for today's topic, I want to discuss the idea of authentic marketing versus polished marketing. And here's what I mean. Whenever you release marketing materials or branding materials, let's say that you're putting a um, video out there, for example, the look and feel of that video is going to communicate something very different if you make it very polished, you know, and your shots are all very clean, the edits are very clean, it has a lot of cool effects to introduce your brand and your logo and all that versus somebody, for example, who just um, films a selfie style video of himself talking and delivering the same content, you know, so the content can be the same, but the impact and the meaning of it can be very different based on how you actually implement it, the way that you deliver the content, you know? So um, there are generally two extremes to this. You know, you can go in the very polished extreme, as I said, which what it's going to convey is that you're a very strong brand. It's going to convey strength, that you're in control, that you know what you're talking about, that you're an authority. Now, the other extreme, I call it, this one, the one that looks ugly and looks unprofessional somewhat, looks, and on the positive side, looks authentic. You know, that's the value of it. If I do a video and I present the same content that you did in a highly polished manner, but I present it in an authentic manner, you know, just a selfie of myself talking and going over the content, I will look a lot more authentic than you do. You know, I'm clearly not trying very hard to persuade people. I'm just putting it out there. And there's sort of that authenticity that shines through the delivery. So why is this actually important for you as a business owner? Well, no matter what you're promoting or what your product or service is, you live in a competitive landscape where consumers are bombarded with 3000 plus messages per day advertising messages, that is. So they're swarmed with information that's coming both from yourself and from your competitors. And very often the information is not that different fundamentally. The way the stuff that you and your competitors sell, there might be slight differences, but for most businesses out there, there are also many similarities and the similarities are overwhelming. So what makes the difference in these situations is the marketing and how you actually position yourself in the market compared to your competitors, you know? So it's not enough to give you some general guidelines and you are able to select if you want to go for a very authentic and not so polished look and feel for your advertisements, or you want to go for something super polished and whatnot. Because what's right for you is going to depend on your marketing and what your competitors are doing. 
the bottom line here is that the most effective marketing is the one that gets attention. The type of marketing that stands out, the type of marketing that is different from what your competitors put out there. You know, in the day when um, a lot of people, for example, would do these really fancy videos with nice effects, nice cuts, great music and whatnot to advertise internet courses and courses that were aimed at people who wanted to get started in entrepreneurship. Along came somebody like Ty Lopez and he did a video that he filmed from his iPhone camera, a selfie of himself in his garage. You know, if you type Ty Lopez garage ad, you're going to find it on YouTube. And that ad alone generated 70 million views. And it was very popular with a lot of people, even though Ty Lopez doesn't have a good reputation. And one of the things that was different about that at the time it was made is that many people were going for the very polished look. You know, those gurus, they were going for the polished look. You know, somebody sitting in a suit uh, next to a fancy desk and whatnot. And Ty Lopez did the exact opposite. He filmed it himself. He didn't have a crew. He obviously didn't have somebody edit it, filmed it himself. And it made him look more authentic, you know, to people who didn't know him versus everybody else who was doing the exact opposite. So that's why I say that part of this, when you're, when you're doing positioning, because this is what you're actually doing, you know, you're positioning yourself versus your competitors and you're positioning your marketing message, not by changing the content, but by changing the way it's delivered and by changing the non-verbals that are communicated with it, you know, by going, for example, for something that's ugly and on purpose doesn't look like it's polished and made by professionals versus going full wave to the very polished kind of marketing that's clearly super professional, super edited, super well thought out to persuade and whatnot. The other aspect here, when it comes to doing positioning with regards to this topic, is that you have to consider what exactly you want to convey with your brand. And here's what I mean. So if your brand is trying to, let's say that you own an, an e-commerce store and you are creating handmade stuff and you really want to make it look like it's a family business, right? And it's not this huge business making millions of dollars a year, even though you might be making that, but that's not the message you want to put across. You want to look like a family business where people do this as a work of love and whatnot. If that's the message that you want to communicate, obviously, if you go for the super polished approach, it's going to be less effective. And why is that? Well, the reason is because people are going on a subconscious level, they're going to notice a discrepancy between what your content is saying and what you're saying non-verbally through the way that you deliver that content, you know? So you're going to probably be a lot better off by delivering an authentic message, which is less polished. You know, you invest less in actually making the video super polished and the rest of your marketing material super polished and make it more amateurish, you know, making mistakes in the design on purpose. You know, if the logo is a bit off and not properly centered, stuff like that, you know, it's going to look a bit more amateurish, 
but it's going to resonate with your brand image. And when somebody sees your content and the brand image, they will not get that feeling inside of themselves that something is off. Because most people, they cannot put their finger on it and say, oh, there's a discrepancy between the brand image that is created non-verbally and what they're telling me through the content. In this case, the discrepancy would obviously be between the super high quality and super expensive type of delivery for the content that you've put in through the editing and through the design versus the message, which says that you're a small business, family owned, you do all the content yourself and whatnot. So they're not able to put their finger on this discrepancy, but they are able to feel inside that something is wrong with this brand. And the moment they associate that with your brand, you know, you're fighting an uphill battle. They're going to be skeptical. You're going to fight much harder to actually convince them. So going back to it, positioning is both a matter of what your competitors are doing. It it can help you stand out. You know, if everybody is super polished, probably a brand that goes for the authentic angle is going to be able to crush it. You know, it will help you get over the skepticism that people feel, you know, especially in a field that's very crowded. You know, if you're in a very crowded people, a lot of people are doing this then going for the very polished look and feel that everybody else is going for is probably not going to make you stand out. And it's going to think that it's going to make a person think that you're just like everybody else in that field. Whereas going for the authentic look where you leave mistakes on purpose in your brand and your design and in your materials that you create in your marketing is going to make you look more authentic and hence more trustworthy. And the other side is also true. You know, your brand may um, need one specific form of marketing just to be true to its brand essence. You know, so if if your brand essence is to be the family-owned small business created by an old lady or whatever it is, grandma's recipe, then you cannot present grandma's recipe with a really polished, uh, very expensive video and super polished marketing materials that are perfect, pixel perfect and super symmetrical and whatnot, because it simply doesn't jive with the message that you're trying to communicate. So how do you actually decide for yourself what you're actually going to do? So the way I like to do it is I always start from the brand essence. And I think about the associations that people are going to have with that brand. So for example, if I say this is a family owned bakery where we bake cookies from recipes that I got from my grandmother, that instantly is going to create a certain image in your mind. You don't imagine myself making millions of dollars a year from this bakery, even though I might be, right? But that's not what you have in mind. You have in mind this small bakery using a really rustic and special recipe that probably tastes very well, but you know, they're not super modern. They don't have, they're not hiring the latest designers. These are probably people that are doing their own marketing, that's what's going through your mind. And subconsciously, that's what's going to go through your customer's mind when they see your marketing assets. You know, that's exactly what goes through their mind. So you have to keep that in mind and you have to take that into account. 
So the way I like to do it is that I literally start from the brand essence, which is the story that you're trying to tell, uh, which is in the middle. So I create a circle and put that in the page. And then I create a network, you know, I draw a line and I draw a circle and then I create an association from that brand story. So one of them in the case of the grandmother is that you're small. Another one is that you have, you're, you're not making a huge amount of money out of this. Another one is that this is a labor of love and so on. So starting from the core story, you develop these associations and you're going to have on a piece of pay, paper, you're going to draw the connections out and you're going to draw all the associations, you know? So let's say that I draw the first other circle, I write small in it. I can do another circle link to that one, which says small revenue, right? And you list all of them and you build out the entire network. And then once you have this, you know what your marketing assets have to communicate so that you're actually on brand, you know, and you don't uh, shatter the subconscious expectations that people have about you. And it makes them feel that you're trustworthy and that you're honest and they don't feel they don't have that feeling that something is off. So you draw the associations and then what I like to do next is that I look at my competitors' brands and how they're marketing themselves, you know, and I look at what they're marketing, the nonverbal stuff about their marketing, their design, how they're presenting stuff, how they're filming their videos and so on. I look at all that and I look at what it actually communicates to me. You know, does it actually communicate to me that these guys want to be perfect all the time and really invest in their image and really want to make, you know, are basically really trying hard to make a great impression? Or are they the type of brand that's going for that super authentic look and feel? And how are they doing it? You know, how are these elements coming together? And once I get an idea of their brand, you can actually develop an, a network around their brand just as you did for their own, for your own on a piece of paper. Just do it the same way. You know, you start from the central circle, you write their brand essence there, and then you branch out and you discover the other components. And what you have to do, you know, especially if you find that for example, you're going in a market where some of your competitors are going for this authentic feel and you want to differentiate yourself from them. What you have to do in this situation is it's not enough to just choose the authentic and the less polished option. You actually have to determine what you're going to change about your appearance to make it less polished on purpose. You know, what exactly is going to be off? And the way I like to do that is that I look at the competitor's network uh, on paper and I look at your network at the same time and I see what's different about it. Some things are always going to be different because businesses don't often have the exact same story. You know, let's say that you are doing an online bakery and you're doing it based on your grandmother's recipe. Somebody else maybe doing it based on their mother's recipe, for example. And you might say, that, oh, that's not a big difference. But actually there is a huge difference because there are different associations that come into play in people's minds. You know, with my grandmother, I associate things that are far off. You know, they are very rustic, that are old, 
maybe a hidden gem and whatnot. Whereas with my mother, I automatically associate things that are more modern, contemporary, maybe parent-like, maybe somewhat oppressive, maybe somewhat dominating, you know, depending on the relationship that the person had with their mother. But on average, you know, people see their parents as more controlling than they do uh, their grandparents, who are seen as nicer and obviously older. And those associations are going to be different. And if you want to stand out, you have to focus on those differences. And I cannot accentuate this enough. You know, so the look and feel that you want to go if you are the, the grandmother's recipe bakery is going to be something that's more old style. Maybe you use serif fonts, for example, so that serif fonts, you know, are those that the letters have curly things at the ends of them versus the sans serif ones, which are straight. You can Google them just to see the difference, you know, serif versus sans serif font. And you make it look old style, you make it look nice, you make it look warm and make sure that it's on brand. Whereas the other guy, they're probably a bit more modern, a bit more funky if they're going for the mother's recipe type of thing. So um, focus on the differences, make sure that those differences stand out and then your brand is also going to stand out. And that's in the case where you actually have to compete with people, you know, where, and by compete, I mean head to head, you know, so it's not like you've identified a field where everybody's going for the super polished look and you can just go for the authentic one and make a difference. No, you've identified a field where your brand sort of makes you go for the same kind of look that other people are going for, broadly speaking, you know, because there's the two sides the one that goes for authenticity versus the one that goes for strength. And you're going for the same one as other people. So in order to make yourself different, you actually have to identify the associations that make you different and use them. You know, the another example that comes to mind here, you know, if you, instead of email to your prospects, if you go for the grandmother's recipe or whatnot, why not send them physical mail? You know, it's definitely going to stand out. You can make it look like it's handwritten. For example, you can type their address the way your grandmother would, you know, so you would not, for example, shorten street because in the past people would not shorten street like ST dot, right? They would write street full on. So you do the same thing and that's how you actually build the brand image. And what's the value of this? You know, a lot of people ask, you know, why should I even care about this? Uh, I ju I'm just trying to make sales. I don't really care about building my brand and whatever. Uh, if that's the case, if that's who you are and that's the way you're thinking, the reason that you should care about this is because if the nonverbal aspects of your brand are congruent with the content of your message, they're going to be more easily accepted by your customer and they're more likely to buy directly straight off the bat. Because the problem comes when your message and the way it's delivered are incongruent. And when that happens, people are going to tune off out, you know, or they're going to get an uncomfortable feeling that something is not quite right with this brand. 
You know, maybe they can't put their fingers on it. You know, they can't say this is what's wrong, but they feel it. You know, they, they feel that something is not right and they get a negative association to your brand. And that's clearly not what you're trying to do. You're trying to tap into the associations that people already have through your story, through the rest of your brand, through your messaging, through the way you're delivering the message. And you're trying to make all that congruent with some associations that people already have from their past. So um, while if you're a small business, for example, let's say that you're a small e-commerce store or you're just starting out as a coach and whatnot, Branding may not be your core focus at that stage. You may be in the direct response stage where you just want sales. Fine, that's all good, but that doesn't mean that you don't need to invest the minimal amount necessary of time and effort to actually make sure that your message and the way it's delivered are congruent with each other. When you do that, you're actually going to see your sales explode and increase, and sometimes significantly. You know, and I can't emphasize this enough. And I know that it does, it's not necessarily rational, but the way human beings work in the end is not rational. You know, these are, we decide many times with our emotions, as the saying goes, and we justify using reason. So that's why I say that you should forget about the content in these cases and focus on the way it is being delivered and what that is going to communicate. And that's actually going to be very important, both short-term to get more sales and long-term to actually build a brand that's sustainable and can make you money over and over and over again. Because ultimately that's the difference between people who just focus on direct response. For them, it's just literally the first sale or maybe the second or third sale that are important and then they don't care about the person anymore versus those who want to build a sustainable brand that's going to repeatedly make sales to the same people and resell to them and make them into loyal fans that are pretty much always going to buy from the business again and again. So um, that's what I wanted to cover for today's episode. I will give you a brief summary right now. So we discussed the difference between authentic marketing where the design and the look and feel of it and the non-verbals that are involved in your marketing communication make it look authentic, make it look, you know, it has the design and uh, the style of it has mistakes in it. It doesn't look like it's made by a professional designer or a professional videographer if it's a video. It's the type of stuff that's similar to the way Ty Lopez did his In My Garage ad from his phone, not edited, basically super authentic looking, and that was the look and feel of it. And versus the highly polished marketing, which is pixel perfect, videos are perfect, you use nice effects on them, obviously super edited, super polished, so that they look perfect. The difference is that in one case, you exude authenticity and for some brands and in some markets that may be the right choice and in other cases you exude uh, strength and for some brands and again in some other markets that might be the right way to go about it so there's no perfect here you have to choose what's right for your brand how do you do that two ways number one you have to think about your own brand what's your brand story what's your brand essence create as i said a uh, network for your brand 
showcase, start from your essence and then showcase the other associations that people would have based on that. That's where you start. And then you go to doing the next step where you look at your competitors and you see the kind of marketing and feeling that they are communicating. Look at the way they are communicating their message, not at the message itself. Once you've done both of those, you can actually go and create networks for your competitors as well. If you're in a, in a kind of industry where your brand is going to benefit a lot from the authentic look uh, and everybody else is going for the polished look, then by all means do it. And the reverse is also true. If you are in an industry where you're not going to be the only brand that goes for the authentic look, for example, or the only brand that goes for the polished one, then focus on what actually makes you different. You know, remember the networks that you drew for yourself. If you drew one for yourself and for your competitors, check what's actually different about them and make sure that you are, you put the accent on the differences and that they really show through not the content of your communication as much as the way you're communicating it. You know, are you, and this includes everything, you know, the labels on your product, uh, the way that they are shown on your website, how you reach out to your customers. Do you do it by email? Do you do, does your email have graphics in it? Do you do it by physical mail? All of that goes into the brand that you're trying to build. And if you can get resonance between the way you're communicating and the content that you're communicating, then you instantly get people to trust you and to want to do business with you. So this is going to increase your sales, whether you're focused on direct response and getting more sales, or you're actually focused on building your brand. So um, that's an overview of what we've covered. I hope you've got a lot of value out of it and stay tuned for the next episode. And until next time, keep growing your business and providing massive value to the world. Because remember, you are the reason why we're all growing richer, our freedoms are expanding, and we're all living in greater prosperity. Thank you.